this was a good way to start the show, 46 seconds in. Um, so that's how we're going to start the show, 46 seconds in. Hey, how's it going? We might not hey. start the show this way. We might just cut half of this. But we're trying something new. We're recording the show. This is another uh, Review Zoo. This is episode 32, recorded. 32. Uh, what's today's date, Sam? I don't even know. 5-15-19. at 10.30 at night. Uh, on a Wednesday, because we decided this is the perfect time. And, uh, yeah, we're trying to record live, so everyone can look at our beautiful faces. And I don't know if it's actually working, because, I don't know. I like to try new services that are random and may not work. But I'm Andrew McDonald. And I'm Sam Harper. And that's a hell of a way to start a show. So, right. um, how's your night going? Uh, yeah, it's going, I guess. That's good. Good. That's about how about as well as mine went after uh, my interesting week this week so far. So I went to the urgent care. Then I went to the ER. What the hell happened to you? I thought I was dying. Apparently not. But what what did you think you were dying of? I don't know. Heart attack, probably something like that. Apparently that's not. not. That's not great. No, that wasn't great at all. But apparently not. Look, red cups for everyone. Oh. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there alcohol in yours? No, just water. Just water. Lame. Yeah, well, you know, it's what it is. Um, well, anyone who sees my Instagram post about being live on YouTube, sorry, I lied. I'm live on Facebook. Hopefully it sounds good. Probably doesn't. But we're going to hey. work that kink out at some point later. I'll do something stupid and have someone listen and try to play around. And figure out if it, maybe it's just a thing about recording podcasts while recording podcasts live. That is the biggest problem. And I'll get that figured out at some point. Uh, needless to say, the world continues to spin. And yep. we continue to have things to talk about that are comic book, TV, and movie related. Yep. So I guess the easiest thing to start about is Disney. Because Disney controls and runs everything now. So why not start with them? If it's media-related, Disney it, Disney has it. Either they have it or they have something like it. And you know what? We, I guess we just need to accept that. That's just yeah. what we need to accept. I think so. And I think the sooner we accept that, the better it will be, since Disney pretty much now has full control over Hulu. Had, like, that's just, you know? Yeah. Sure, why not? Why I mean, not? Because you have your own servers, but why not? Let's just give you Hulu, too. Yeah, yeah. They're already starting Disney+, Plus, which is coming in November. Mm-hmm. And now Comcast and Disney have announced an agreement that will give Disney full control over Hulu starting today. So I guess before they had enough of a share that they had a strong interest. Now they have full interest. Honestly, they didn't even have a, like, a strong interest. They had controlling interest. At, yeah. After the Fox thing, they had like... They had most of it. They could I think like 60-something percent, yeah. Yeah, they could force anything. But no, they were just like, nah, fuck that. Give us everything. Yeah. Well, they put in a call that will allow either Disney or Comcast to force a sale of Comcast's 33% stake to Disney starting in January 2024. So, as a part of that deal, Comcast is also promising that Hulu will still get to carry all of NBC shows and NBC Universal channels until late 2024. Mm-hmm. And that... um it might continue to exist under a Disney-owned Hulu earlier in the month. Uh, that was what was hinted at. Comcast also gets the chance to put shows on its upcoming streaming service, 
because Comcast is going to get a streaming service too, because everyone's getting a streaming service. Oh my god! That are currently licensed exclusive to Hulu, starting in one year. So Comcast will get some shows back. They'll get to put them on their show, service as well as Hulu. Um, but Disney gets full control over Hulu, 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 and then they can start to plan uh, for bundles. You know, Hulu and Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all things to get you in the Disney ecosystem and have their shows. I would not. I'm just telling you this right now. I would not be surprised if Disney makes a, a play for Spotify. Oh, that's just too much. It feels like at this point. Is it though? Because they're going after everything. So and then, like, do I want Apple, Apple to buy Disney just to save us? Apple, Apple people are. Uh, we have Apple executives on the Disney board. Oh no, I know, I know, I know. And so, like, I don't think they're gonna bother. I think Disney. I honestly think Disney and Apple are just gonna leave each other alone. They're just gonna eat everything else and just hover oh, around no, each think, other. I think that's probably. Yeah, probably. That's probably a smart idea. But um, yeah. So Comcast gets a guaranteed minimum sale price for Hulu. Um, no doubt, hoping that because of you know. Disney causing Hulu to possibly jump in value. Comcast makes more money. Um, Probably will. Which, again, we th- we kind of talked about this uh, with the fact that Marvel wasn't pulling any shows off of Hulu, that Marvel might use Hulu for more adult shows as opposed to Disney+. Plus. We already know that's what they're going to do. So, because uh, we're going to get and other stuff coming there. So. Daredevil. We're going to get Daredevil back. We'll probably right? get Daredevil back and some other stuff eventually. Um, I mean, it's it, there's a strong potential for it. Um, maybe we'll get a Moon Knight TV show. Who knows? I like that. You know, why not? I mean, Daredevil, I think, could come back. The problem is, it's going to be a few years for these actors. So some of them may not want to come back to the role. Because um, it's going to be a few years. Michael Coulter just signed for some new role in some TV show. I can't remember what it was. But, you know, Luke Cage is over. So he's got to find work. I got to be honest with you. Luke Cage was the least for speed. I mean, short, uh, second, la- second, second, Iron second Fist one. was the worst one. Yeah, yeah, second worst. Second worst. People really like Jessica Jones. People really like Daredevil. Yeah, they did. Sure. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I like the first season of Luke Cage for the most part. Yeah, it's the second know. season that got. Yeah, second season. Could have got a real, okay. You could have got a real Jamaican person. I mean, as a Jamaican person speaking, we have plenty of jobs. We could have picked up a act, acting career. You didn't have to get the fake guy. I didn't. But Americans love to do fake Jamaican accents. That's what they do best. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> Trust me. Believe me. I know. I, I, I refuse I to try to do a Jamaican accent because I know I'm more American than I am Jamaican. And so it would only sound silly to others. Drop me off there for a week and it starts to slip out one way or the other. But I try not to. Same here. It only mm. comes out when I'm passionate. When something like I'm like really up in an argument or like totally scared. Yeah, mostly just when I'm stuck in Jamaica for about a week or so. Then it's just constant in the ear. And it's just, okay, sure. I can do that, too. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. You know, you guys know I'm not quite there. But I can be there, too. I can hang. Um, Yeah. So, Disney uh, continues to Disney and get lots of things. I don't know if you're mad about it, but... And maybe you can be. I do know, you know, uh, Endgame continues to Endgame. Um, it's making a lot of money, and I think it's, I don't know if it's beaten Avatar now already, or if it's, uh, I, like, imminently about to beat Avatar. It's imminently about to beat Avatar. Yeah, Endgame, I'm just checking the stats, has crossed $734 million domestic, 
and is at $1,774,000,000 foreign. So it's at a grand total of $2,508,000,000 in its total run of all of, what is it? Uh, 19 days. Yeah, 20 days. Not even a month. Yeah, no, not even a month. 20 days. Uh, I'm just looking to see what the all-time domestic gross is. I think it is at number three all-time domestic right now. Yes. Well, domestic, yeah. It's about... 30 million behind Avatar domestic gross and it is surprisingly 200 million behind Star Wars The Force Awakens still domestically what yeah yeah. so I mean that that made a lot of money domestic Star Wars people were just pent up and ready for it after uh, 10, 15, 20 years of no Star Wars um but Star Wars is very much an American thing, though. I mean, it is. not saying Star Wars isn't big in like other countries, but oh, Star no. Wars is really a it's like an American. American. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Marvel is like it's just a it's spectacle worldwide. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Did we talk about it last week? Um, there was a Marvel book with the whole um, War of the Realms going on right now. That is um, Agents of Atlas. Yeah, uh, we didn't talk about it, but yeah. I am familiar with. Atlas. Yeah, I, I like Agent Atlas, but it was Jimmy Woo, and he's over there in Seoul, Korea, again, and they're fighting off these, you know, demons from the various nine realms uh, who are attacking Midgard, Earth. But, like, you know, Marvel has been he- kind of leaning into South Korea for the movies quite heavily, you mm-hmm. know, doing a lot of shooting over there. But yeah. now it's like they revealed like three South Korean superheroes. They had, you know, um, White Fox already, I believe. And then they released two other ones, one of which was a K-pop star turned superhero. Um, mm. You know, I want to see books from these characters. I, you know, I I, I, I I obviously have some connection to Korea now <laughs> through <laughs> my in-laws, but um, it's still kind of interesting. And um, I don't know. I'm always for heroes in different places other than New York City uh, in the Marvel Universe because it's just it's something different. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Avatar is apparently uh, $200 million ahead of Avengers. Avengers currently sits at um, second place on all-time worldwide gro- grosses. So there's a good chance it'll make it, potentially, if it continues at least for another two, three weeks. Um, but yeah. Doubling back to uh, mm-hmm. the South Korean actors and stuff mm-hmm. with with uh, Agents of Atlas, mm-hmm. I th- you could probably make a, t- a movie for that itself or a television show. That oh yeah, could, television show definitely. Yeah, and that could do real good. Yeah, I mean it's and, not a bad idea, but I mean yeah. if they're shooting so many of these movies here, you know, build the characters up a little bit in the comics. You took mm-hmm. a chance on Guardians, which you could argue nobody outside of comic books now. Yeah, true. There's not any reason you couldn't potentially put together a good story with the Agents of Atlas. You and know, get a, have them a, across the Eastern world, Japan, China, Korea. Get a very populous uh, K-pop star or K-pop mm-hmm. actor. You, you know. a couple of them. Yeah. Get, get your boy Rain, man. He could be Jimmy Woo. Simple. If you don't know Rain, look him up. He was in the movie Ninja Assassin that did okay here in the states um, was not a bad movie, not a, no, bad movie. Not a bad movie. Uh, rain is known for his chocolate abs 
that is what they call in Korea men who have uh, crazy six packs that looks like a bar of chocolate because it's cut out of chocolate. Mm-hmm. So that's what they refer to it as. Um, but Ryan's pretty popular. He's a pop star. He's an actor. I can think of a couple others, but not as built as him. But you could definitely find some K-pop actors, star people, and then you could, you know, you mix it in with an international cast because that's kind of Agents of Atlas as it is. Mm-hmm. And um, you roll with it. So, I don't know. That's my idea, Marvel. I think you could do it. I think you could pull it off and make it work and probably make some money and start something new. And then take over Asia with, you know, Korean superheroes. Um, so let's see. What's next? Do we want to talk about James Gunn opening up about his firing? Uh, sure. We can go on that one. I, I gotta be that's honest. relatively quick. I didn't read a, the whole article. I just kind of got to skim over it. I was going to read it, but then, like, um, life got in the way. Uh-huh. But from what I was reading, it's, he seemed very... Zen, almost? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I think it's hard to be mad now with, you know, the fact that you got fired, you got rehired, you got another gig out of the fact that you got fired. Uh, Everybody pretty much supported you. You just needed to have it come back around. I mean, the way they kind of, the way the article reads is that, like, they almost didn't seem mad at him. They just felt like they felt obligated to get rid of him, to get rid of mm-hmm. the heat. It was like, we really don't want to get rid of you, but like, everybody kind of is uh, making a big deal out of this, and we have to. But otherwise, you know, it seems like the guys at Marvel were kind of like, okay, well, we would love you back. But it was uh, Alan Horn from Disney invited you back for Guardians, and uh, Kevin Feige. I need to meet up with them. So, yeah. He's like, he would hate to look back on the six years and think what a waste. Or the years and think what a waste. Instead, I think it was a time where I grew a lot and we were really good to each other. Well, he's actually talking about his ex-wife here. But he, he thinks of it the same way as he thinks of his ex-wife. He doesn't want to look back on it and think it's a bad thing because it was a bad breakup. It's like, let's just get along as well as we possibly can and be kind to each other because we're both a big part of each other's lives. They so are. That's kind of the way he kind of approached it. But as he says, his initial conversations with Alan weren't, let's figure out if I should come back. It was, let's talk about this. It was like the breakup of my marriage. So, um, yeah, I wanted to feel that way about Disney. I didn't want to look back and feel bitter, upset, or angry. Of course, all sorts of emotions are attached to it. But I just wanted to be comfortable saying goodbye. Uh, But, yeah. So, you know, he got back. And everybody apparently supported him from the actors and the stars. Who he does a call out, obviously. Dave Batista for coming out very strongly in regards to supporting him. Yeah, um, he was a stand. Yeah, well, you know, he's a pro wrestler, so he's just he's gonna be pro wrestling about it and just yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that that's, was very good, Batista. That's he would I be mean, proud. I don't I don't think he'd be proud. He 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 would he would show me the way it's done. He'd have to do a big stomp and like the guns and be like Aah! that. That's closer to what he would do. They're just because he has the big arm guns and I just hit the mic but yeah that's what he does that's what he does when he wrestles not anymore I think he's done his last match he'll probably come back yeah maybe I think he kind of did his last match with um, uh, Triple H over WrestleMania weekend yeah so we'll see we'll see um hmm we had two stories because the name of our show tonight is uh episode 32 Pika Pika, fuck up your career. 
I, I like that name personally. But um, I guess we can start with the the first of the big topics, and we'll leave the other one till last. Um, but yeah, Detective Pikachu came out last week, and it yeah. came out pretty well. It debuted with a solid $58 million domestic, which makes it the highest grossing video game movie in its first weekend. It beat Super Mario? Uh, yes. Yes, it did beat Super Mario by, I'm sure, massive amounts of money. <laughs> but let's see if it's on the list. It should be on the list. Let's find out how much it beat it by. Super Mario. Okay, Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Kirsten uh, Kruk. Um, when Smallville first started, you were a lot of fun. But later, I started to feel like every time you showed up, I was in for a bad episode in later seasons. So I just want to say, I'm sorry that The Legend of Chun-Li did not work out. Um, Super Mario Brothers is number 28 on the all-time top uh, video game movies releases at debuting at $8 million and making a total lifetime grossing of about $20 million. How much did Doom do? Oh, Doom. Let's find out. Well, it made more than Double Dragon, so let's keep going. Uh, oh, shit. I forgot about Double Dragon. I know. I need to find that. Doom did $15 million at its debut and ended its run at $28 million, proving that The Rock can't save everything. At least not... He did better than Scotty. Yeah, not that early in his career, he can at least. Um, Street Fighter made six at its debut and ended its run at 33. Uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation made 35. That was the second Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Resident Evil I remember. Movies, uh, come very high on the list, with the top Resident Evil movie being uh, 12th place at 51 for its total domestic run. Remember, domestic runs, because Resident Evil does shit tons of money overseas. Wait, they love which, Resident Evil. Which, which which Resident Evil was the highest gross one? Okay, I will check that right now. Resident Evil. Um, Resident Evil series. The top Resident Evil was Resident Evil Afterlife, which made Wait, okay. $80 million. Which, I'm sorry. Resident Evil Afterlife. That one came out in 2010. Yeah. Damn, I can't. I knew. I know them by like numbers, so that's like. Yeah. This was Resident Evil Afterlife 3D with Mila Djokovic, and yeah, it made like three hundred million dollars worldwide. Or mm, yeah, total. Is Afterlife the fourth one or the fifth one? Well, that came out in twenty ten, and I will tell you right now what the series run was. Series. The final chapter was the last one, which is fitting because it's the final chapter. Um, I didn't see that one. But Afterlife was the second Resident Evil movie. The second? The second. It goes Resident Evil Apocalypse. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's adjusted for an inflation. I'm sorry. That's not correct. They're not getting yeah. the exact order. But um, yeah. I assume Resident Evil was the first Resident Evil because that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Resident Evil, the final chapter, I would assume would be the last one. That one uh, made $312 million. So clearly for movies that cost about $40 million, they clean up well. Resident Evil to me was like um is the same way we we liked the uh, Fast and the Furious but just a little lower budget. Yeah. Just yeah. take out the car tricks and just have more Mila Djokovic doing something ridiculous but awesome at the same time. I think if Resident Evil had made more money domestically, it would have probably turned into something like the Fast and the Furious. 
Yeah, it would have. Because, like, I, I, like, for a weekend, just watched all of them back to back. And it, the storyline is complete trash. Yes. But the action is actually so, you know how it's, like, so cheesy, it's awesome, but, yeah. like, so, yeah, that. That makes like, sense. Like, there's, like, a whole period of time in which she's just taking people out with, like, shotgun shells and she's been filling up with quarters. And, like, she loses her abil- her super abilities, like, movie three or four, but she's still just, like, kicking ass at a level that should not happen and makes healing sense. from things that should not healing from. That makes it's, sense. It, it's a good series. I see. I see. Well, nonetheless, um, it's made its money back. And um, the number one video game movie of all time is Laura Croft Tomb Raider, which I believe is the first Angelina Jolie one. Yes. Um, yeah. Angelina which, Jolie. Uh, made lifetime gross in the theaters $274 million. So not even more than a Resident Evil movie. But it made its biggest amount opening weekend about any of these before Detective Pikachu. At uh, forty-seven million, so far Detective Pikachu may catch up to this because it's only at sixty-three million dollars, and again the highest grossing is one hundred thirty-one. It may catch up quite soon. Mm. Whereas Rock has the number three video game movie, which is Rampage. Wait, what? Rampage made that much? It made a hundred. I'm sorry, Rampage made. Rampage made four hundred and twenty-eight million dollars. Rampage made four hundred twenty. Yes. It made one hundred and one domestic and three hundred twenty-seven oh. foreign. Okay, but it is All also right. the Rock, and that's the Rock in his prime. A hundred million dollars. It made over a hundred million dollars. Rampage. Yes. Ramp- the giant monkey. Rampage. The Rock. I mean, make it that. To be fair, I was excited about it for about a minute when I heard because I grew up in the eighties and knew what Rampage was. I knew so, what Rampage was exactly. Too. So there's people out there who know, but then we saw it and we realized, why I like The Rock. This is hot garbage. What? Well, why would anyone think that was going to be a great movie? No, no offense I mean, to The Rock. Why would anyone? It's, it's be a, a great movie. monster movie, you know, just a giant wolf man, lizard man, gorilla man attacking a city. Instead, we got kind of like you know a heartwarming story of a man taking care of his gorilla who's now become a giant gorilla while trying to fight off other monsters. It's like Mighty Joe Young meets Godzilla. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it's like. And I'm sure for someone that was all they needed to hear. But not for me. I waited till that came out on um, Blu-ray or DVD or streaming. And then I I paid attention to that because, like I said, even The Rock can't save that one. But uh, Detective Pikachu, for all intents and purposes, heard great things about from a lot of people. They enjoyed it. and I need to see it myself. I'm going to go see it Monday. So. I mean, it's Deadpool as Pikachu. What more do you need? Drugs. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. Not with real like halluc- Pokemon. That feels like it would be frightening. Like a hallucinogen and going to go see that movie. That, that'd that be feels, a treat. feels frightening to me. Just in, that sounds like, you know. I don't know. That, that seems terrifying. That's like doing LSD. Go see Speed Racer. See, yeah, that seems like a terrible idea. Just, why would you want to put yourself through such, I don't I just, ah, no. The world wasn't meant for such things. Yeah. And man's brain was not meant to experience such, such, such things. I don't, I don't Am know. I the only person that likes Speed Racer? You may be the only one who saw it. I mean, I only saw parts of it. Really? You didn't see the whole Speed Racer movie? No, I know enough to know that Christina Ricci's in it. That kind of made me want to watch it, but I didn't watch Speed Racer. 
Missed Maybe out. one day I'll watch it. I'll look for it. Yeah. I'll look for it. So there was a Maleficent 2 trailer that came out. Because, you know, if you wanted to know what Disney was going to do after they finished turning all of their um, former, uh, you know, cartoons into live action movies, they're going to do sequels. That's what they're going to do. They're going to make another one. No, they're going to do the sequels to the ones that are making the most money, like Angelina Jolie as Maleficent, because for casting, that was amazingly great. That was um, amazingly So I know we're streaming, and I don't think anyone's watching still, but that's fine. We'll play the trailer really fast. Um, we're going to have some sound. We're going to try to talk over it. I'm going to try to adjust the sound so it's not too loud, obviously. But, um, yeah, let's uh, let's watch this real fast again because I didn't get to see the full thing. Evil witch. When I look out my window, and the princess, it looks clearer. Looking out the window, but this is no fairy tale. There are many who prey on the innocent. I'm sure your kind would agree. If I didn't know better, I'd say you were making a threat. Well, do you? Do I what? No better. What have you done? So this movie's coming out October 18th, and I have no idea what the point of it is. Um, to uh, make a cash grab with Angelina Jolie in really, really good costume design? I want to just throw something out there. Does anyone like Angelina Jolie anymore? Uh, yes. Why would you think they don't? I feel like after she did the whole Mary Brad Pitt thing, steal your man from Jennifer Aniston. Okay. Uh, adopt a 10,000 kids that Whoa. she stopped being sex symbol Angelina Jolie and started to be kind of like, I don't know, random kind of preachy person Angelina Jolie. And then I just okay. don't feel like her movies have actually... I don't think anyone's actually excited for Angelina Jolie anymore. Maybe maybe Maleficent might be the one that did it. And I know she's going to be a cast. She's casted in the Eternals. I just don't feel excited about anything she does anymore. Okay. This is good. Mm-hmm. This is good for a conversation. Okay. And I can, I can re- rebuttal. Uh-huh. But Jim. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, for the Angelina Jolie stealing Brad Pitt away from Jennifer Aniston. She didn't steal him. He this left. This is true. This is true. They were Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt weren't married. This Brad Pitt true. was married to Jennifer Aniston. That's this Brad's. This that's Brad's true. back. And this have you true. seen Have you seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith? I did, but that you was like a junior years write, ago, and it's just you like you can't write that level of chemistry. You can't. You really can't. Those you were just like y'all gotta fuck. 
That was pretty much at that Here's point. the problem. What... I feel like that Angelina Jolie could have that chemistry with nearly anyone. Mm-mm. I saw The Tourist. That wasn't for Johnny Depp. She's had that okay, chemistry. but to be fair, Johnny Depp. Yeah, I, I stand corrected. Everyone but Johnny Depp. Uh... She was dating Billy Bob Thornton, and I didn't believe that. But she seemed to really like him, so I guess. Uh, okay. What a, original sin I can't help because that and was to be fair, Antonio Banderas. Brad Pitt then, can't see faces. So really, he would have the same chemistry with anybody. Brad Pitt is just that sexy dude. That's just how he it can't works. see faces is what they say. He has that thing where everybody just looks like a, a blank to him in the face. It's a real thing. Like, a, like an actual medical condition? Yeah, it's an actual medical condition uh, where you can't see faces. Um, I'm actually watching, I was watching a K-drama that was about the same thing. Um, so how the fuck does he know see faces uh, disorder? What's it called? It's, um, it's called prospagnosia. It's a neurological disease disorder characterized by the inability to recognize faces. It's also known as face blindness or facial agnosia. So some people with disorder are unable to recognize their own face. But yes. So apparently that's what supposedly he has. He can't recognize faces. So what people like this end up doing is learning how to recognize people from other things. From the way they walk, from the way they talk, from the way they they carry themselves and do stuff. Are you but serious about Brad Pitt having this disease? That's what I thought I heard. I've, I've heard this before, and I could be wrong, but I've... Uh, <laughs> I, I thought that would be more popular. Okay, I'm just going to do a search. May 23rd, Brad Pitt says he has facial blindness. May 23rd, 2013. Tests could confirm if Brad Pitt does suffer from facial blindness. One in 50 of us is face blind and may not even realize it. So, um, so yeah, this was in 2013. He did an interview and he says, some people hate me because they think I'm disrespecting them. I'm going to get, get it tested. I swear to God, it took one year where I just said this year, I'm just going to cop to it and say to people, okay, where did we meet? But it just got worse. People were more offended. Every now and then, some will give me contacts, and I'll say, thank you for helping me. But I piss people off more. You get this thing. You're being inconsistical. You're being conceited. But it's a mystery to man. I can't grasp a face. And yet, I've come from such a design aesthetic point of view. So, Brad Pitt. Is this a real That's why I stay at home, Pitt said. You meet so many damn people, then you meet them again. So, apparently, it's a real thing. Brad Pitt can't see faces. So, honestly, I, uh... Angelina Jolie... May have just been tits and ass to him. That because he can recognize uh, those. Yeah. Okay. Understand. I'm just okay. Mm. I think they were actually just bonding off of the energy because no, again, Mister Mister Smith, the, the energy was just there. It was, and um, and I'm not shaming anyone. There's, I don't. There's no shame to no, like any person. No but Jennifer Aniston has a track record of people she's being with, and then them not being with her anymore. Agreed. So it might, it might Agreed. be not. If we were all... talking about Jennifer Love Hewitt, I'd be all about it. I'd understand that. That shit goes from zero to cray. I mean, she had a hit show about herself giving hand jobs, and then it got canceled because she got a guy on the show who was supposed to be her love interest and was supposed to leave the show. And then she got lovey-dovey with him in real life. And she was like, no, you got to write him back in. And they were like, all right, Jen, we're done with this. As much as we enjoy watching you innuendo your way to hand jobs on this TV show, we're not going to do this anymore. Show's over. 
You didn't know about the show? What? No, I didn't know about the show. You were like blowing my mind tonight. What's what, which what hand job show? What what are we talking about? Um, hmm? I will find out. The show was called. Uh, oh, it's usually on the tip of my tongue. I know the show's name, but now I've forgotten it. I'm gonna find it right now. It is called uh, The Client List, where I believe she played uh, someone who either was recently divorced. Uh, yeah, Riley is a single mother living in a small Texas town and leading a shocking double life. So I believe something like, you know, she got divorced and had to make money. So she started working at a massage parlor and the massage parlor uh, gives sexy, happy endings. Yes, I believe this what might have been that? on. It was on Lifetime. It was on Lifetime for women. Oh, oh, Lifetime. Yes. You, yes. Yes. The show was on for two That's seasons. Good. It was on for two seasons. Yo, so Andrew, yeah. um, we got to watch the client list. <laughs> Again, remember, it's on Lifetime and, you know, it's, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a regular cable show, so it wasn't really exactly... You know, overly sexy. She'd she'd lingerie around, and there would be innuendo, and then they'd cut away. No, I'm not. I'm not. Not for the sexy. I'm not. That's not it. Oh, I see. For for the straight comedy, like we got it. The series follows Riley Parks after her husband abandons her and her her, their children, leaving her in financial debt. Accepts to work at a day spa in small Texas town, but refuses when she learns that some clients, the masseuses, provide more than just massages. But pressed to support her family, she relents and earns extra money through unspecified erotic surfaces. As she deals with her children, her mother, her friends, the girls at the spa, and the various men who want to romance her, Riley tries to keep her work in the erotic limbo a secret. Okay, so like... Riley is hired at The Rub as a massage therapist. Oh my god, are you for... That's the name of the show. The Rub. Okay. Okay. This sounds, yes. like the, this sounds like the plot to a Skinamax. It, it a Skinamax porn. But yes, uh, the third season renewal for the series was put on hold after the announcement of Jennifer Love Hewitt's pregnancy in June 2013. Hewitt reportedly wanted, insisted, that the real father of her child, co-star and fiancé, Brian Halsey's character, be the father of her fictional baby to be born by her character in the third season, while the show's executives and writer wanted a different person to be the father. Lifetime was undecided, which led to the renewal delay that lasted into October. Due to creative differences between... Hewitt, Lifetime, Sony Pictures, and ITTV, the show was canceled after two seasons. Basically, yeah. She got a baby daddy, and she was like, make him a baby daddy on the show. And they are like, no. And the show got canceled, and everyone got shit canned. And that is how you fumble a bag. This would have been a good thing to talk about later. But uh, we're not going to talk about the last story now. It would have been good, but we'll we'll leave it to later. Wait, real yes. quick, real quick, real quick. Yes. Um, did you know Angelina Jolie? She has nannies for the eth- uh, that match up with the same um, ethnic origin of the children she adopted. That's pretty good. That's yeah. Pretty good. So like, if like you I think, think she's a great humanitarian, and I think she's uh, an awesome person in a lot of ways. I just uh-huh. don't find her interesting as an actress anymore. I guess it just I don't know. Just doesn't do it for me anymore as an actress. Did you watch Maleficent? I haven't. I'll be fair. You have you 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 have to? I will have to watch. Like my no joke, my girlfriend, she quotes like this line she she'll say like they took her wings over and over again to mm-hmm. me about it because it's like there's um 
there's a part in the movie that is something happens mm-hmm. and it is a very, very clear representation of something else happening. That's very powerful. And okay. like you should be aware of it and it involves taking off someone's wings. Okay. Okay. I have to give it a watch. I always meant to see it, honestly, but I never got to. So I will have to give it a watch. Um, did you watch Wanted? Did you like Wanted? I did like Wanted. I feel like that's probably the last movie I liked with her that I saw. Wasn't that like, like the last movie she was really in? She's probably done some small ones, I imagine, since then. Um, but yeah. That's all. I don't know. But Maleficent 2, this year, October. So if you like the first one, you got more coming because Disney's going to make everything brand new. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, we have. Let's go to Borderlands first. Borderlands. Borderlands is a game, and uh, my favorite game. franchise. There you go. Your favorite franchise. Well, it's, it's a lot of people's favorites. So um, everyone who does like Borderlands might know Claptrap. Claptrap is a yeah. fun little robot guy who talks sarcastically to you and does not much else. But annoying piece of shit that opens all the goddamn doors, so you have to keep him around. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Claptrap voice actor and former Gearbox vice president of licensing was not returning to the role in Borderlands 3 because of a pay dispute. Pay yep. dispute, sorry. He insisted on getting paid for his work. His previous performances were on the house because he was a Gearbox executive, but he and the studio couldn't agree on terms. So, he was the former vice president of licensing. Yes. He did this voice acting on this game for free. Yes. yes. And now he wanted to be paid on the previous performances. Not just yes. a new one. Yes. But they couldn't come to terms. He's uh, stupid. Yeah. And uh, Randy Pitchford, the CEO of Gearbox, apparently said on Twitter, he was offered two times scale. Uh, he refused. I don't want him to do it unless he wants to do it as motivation affects performance. Um, so he apparently wanted to do the role of Claptrap again, but they couldn't agree on payment. And... Arguably, you'd think if you were vice president of licensing and business development for Gearbox, which sells a lot of games and does a lot of things for other people, too, you're making enough money that this should yes. be fairly small for the most part. Yes. Apparently not. See, uh, yeah, that's here's, here's my thing. Like, you're the vice president. As soon as you said vice president, there's money that comes involved. You doing the voice of Claptrap is supposed to be. An honesty, an honesty, like kind of like a, a like a like an Easter egg, kind yeah. of like a little inside joke. Like, yeah. hey, you know, even our VP is like helping out. This, is, you want to know who the voice is of Claptrap is? It's like one of the VPs of sales. Haha. And you're like, oh crap, that's so wild. And you're like, yeah, that's so amazing. That's why Gear, that's why Borderlands is so awesome. But if yeah. now you want to get paid for it, and they're saying they're paying you at twice, they tried to offer you twice scale, which is basically they're paying you want to be paid like a voice actor. You're being paid as a voice actor, but you're, I guess you're just like, no, that's not enough money. Which and you did the first two free. So why would you yeah. expect to get just like you shouldn't none have of done them if you didn't want to get paid? Exactly. You, you shouldn't have did paid. it. Just yeah, uh, yeah. But of course, after that came out, apparently he uh, shot off some tweets. About past allegations, about past royalties he was owed. Uh, $12 million of revenue that Pitchford siphoned away from the employee royalty pool. He also accused Pitchford of assaulting him in 2017. Wow. Said he was rage-fired shortly afterwards, after he had an interview with Newsweek. Um, 
Just lots of crazy stuff that came out afterwards. Um, so yeah, needless to say, Claptrap will probably have a new voice. Well, Claptrap will have a new voice actor for sure. I we saw the gameplay for the game. We saw like a couple, like yeah, 10, 15 some, minutes. Some stuff. He has different voices. I noticed it right away. I didn't care. I, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what it is. It's what it is. Um, yeah, because it's Claptrap. I mean, I understand, dude. You wanted to get paid. But you're Claptrap. It's, it's, it's probably... There's certain things you fight and you, you die on the hill for. And certain things you don't you don't die on the hill for. And this is probably one of them. Yep. Yeah. That was definitely one of them. And you decided to die on that wrong hill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, equally controversial. Uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is equally controversial. Oh, yeah. For fans for its final season, which ends this week. Because the last episode's I'm coming. A I'm a fan. Okay, good. Good. Oh, oh yeah. And, yeah. Go go ahead, Andrew. Tell them. Tell them more. I mean, I can only relate what I read because I've only seen one episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> but, oh. uh, but, yeah, well, Game of Thrones fans are oh. apparently calling uh, for a petition for season eight to be remade with new writers. Seems a bit impossible, I would say. Yes, it is, but that's how important it is because that's how trashy season eight is. God, I wanted you to tell me stuff. Okay, uh-huh. so uh, FYI, the petition, as it stands, last time I checked, is at 120,000 signatures. Mm-hmm. 100,000. That's not just a little bit of signatures. And it was like, I'm pretty sure a couple of days. Or actually, I think it's not even that long. Uh, like, can you check? 183,602. 603. How long has it been? How long has it been? Let's see. This petition went up. Um, hmm. Doesn't say. Maybe three days ago? Yeah, I think it was like, again, I don't think it's been a full week. I think it was in response to the last episode that dropped out, which was The Bells. Yeah. Okay, small, like a small it's at tangent. 617 now. Yep, see? It's trying it's, to get to 200,000. It's gonna get there because it's been that shit. Okay, so you haven't watched Game of Thrones. So you don't understand how, like, epic this season was. This, I've this seen lap. the recaps. <sighs> they didn't do it justice. Imagine if you were watching a soap opera for seven years, right? Seven. And it was action packed, uh, dramatic, drama driven, character driven. Amazing masterpiece. It uh-huh. was layers and layers tied onto stuff, and they were like interwoven in ways that you didn't even think of. And then, like later seasons, will clarify things that happened long ago, but in such a way that would bring all like making rewatching it a whole new experience. Like this Game of Thrones was a big deal. There's a reason why everyone was like that. Every time when Game of Thrones comes back, everyone just takes over like they takes over the internet for that night it comes on. Gotcha. That's how big. Of- Game of Thrones is a big deal. And this was going to be the last season. Now, I found out recently that HBO gave them the option to give more budget and 10 episodes. But they said they could do it in six. Now, these six episodes are supposed to be, well, the last three are two hours, like two hours-ish long. But, like, they had the option to have 10 episodes, okay? That's why I need this. This is important. They had the option to have 10 episodes. Most Game of Thrones seasons have, like, 10 episodes Mm -hmm. or eight. 10 episodes. They had the option for 10, all right? This is Game of Thrones season five finished, which is 
this past Sunday, mm-hmm. and the last episode is this Sunday. There is so much shit that they haven't tied up yet that there's no way they're going to be able to tie it up, and it's going to rage piss off so many people. But, I mean, not every story can have all two cents tied up. Look at no, Lost. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> this, is, this possibly might be worse than Lost. This, like, oh, I'm I saying, find like, that hard to believe. I still don't know where the fucking polar bear came from. No. Anyway, okay. go on. <laughs> but no, but no, seriously, like, they're like, they've keyed up, like, ancient lore, and, like, they need, like, the big bad evil that was supposed to be, like, this final battle between two characters that they never actually happened. It got happened by somebody else. It got whooshed away. Mm-hmm. They've gotten so much new, they've developed so much new information in short, such a short period of time. And it also seems like a lot of characters just went stupid because. I was told from another friend, uh, Mike, it was, you know, mm-hmm. our buddy, Mike, he was telling me that like the bef- previous seasons, they actually had people come in who study ancient warfare. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, how they did medieval fighting, like how wars were thrown. Yeah. So they would give the shows more realism. So like last, like two, was it season seven or season eight? No, season six, there was this great, it was called the Battle of the Bastards. They had Jon Snow versus Roy uh, Ramsey Bolton. And they were fighting. And, I gotta tell you, that was one of the most realistic fight scenes I've ever seen. There's a part where it literally gives me anxiety where John is being trampled by his own men. It is so realistic. And like the flanks and the like the the, the the actual art that they were doing, the, the battle warfare art they were doing where they were surrounding them and sparing it, mm. it looked very real. Cut to this season, just and uh, part of my Jamaican Pierre Fox, just like just random dumb shit that was happening. Like they would fight at night and they would just send all their people said all their horsemen at a unseeable, uh, unseeable enemy, just like full steam ahead, and they get surprised when they get completely wrecked. Or like, I mean, dragon- if you're unseeable. He's unseeable. No, you can sneak up they on saw, them. They're zombies. They there was no sneaking up on them. They oh, have perfect sense. vision. Yeah, that makes and sense. you were running with fucking swords on fire. And then like, that, there's these dragons, seems, yeah. and dragons are flying, and they just all of a sudden invented the giant crossbow, like. Not that long ago, maybe like a month ago, but now every ship and every wall has one, and someone is able to shoot it with pinpoint accuracy to kill a damn dragon with it. Practice. Like, we didn't see- Practice Pr- makes perfect. Oh, what? Hot air balloons. They don't know. That's not how that works. <laughs> okay? And then, like, this last season, we've been they've been hinting that this character was just going to go crazy, just like her father, because that's just kind of how play it is. And we've been trying to resist it, and we was expecting it to happen. We expect kind of expecting it to happen, but we figured it wasn't going to be like that big of a deal, or she was going to resist. No, she just straight up killed millions of innocent people. Like, well, no, but not what millions. is she going to do if her boyfriend nephew doesn't want to bone her anymore? She's gonna go crazy. Do you just like hear like? piecemeal from stuff like yes. at water cooler i do just i do like i said i'm in an office pool right now i'm in fifth place because john snow uh tormund and uh two other characters haven't been doing enough to make me points they're still alive but they haven't been doing enough yeah one Torm- more week. Uh, small small aside tormund actually shows uh Growth as a, pe- a person, and I don't like need growth. it's I better need than most frat need wits. And I need him to get the girl. No, he he's been obsessed with trying to get this lovely woman named Brienne, yes, giant woman, the big he, woman. Like, no, he needs to get her. Yeah, and she turned him down, 
and he didn't call her any names. He didn't like act a fool or kick anything. He just drank his grief and then immediately proceeded to bang the per- the next person who consensually acts to have sex with him. I mean, I, get I that. didn't expect that's, that that's from cool. a character. Oh, modeling. But I need so, you him know, to like, uh, be like Tom. You know, do more. I need him to make some points for me. Look. I'm a little I'm a little sensitive about this because I watch another show called American Horror Story. Now, for people who watch American Horror Story, you'll know what I'm talking about. Ryan Murphy has a habit of making a really, really good start. And then like in the middle, gets kind of confused. And then at the end, he's just trying to tie up loose ends in the stupidest way possible. And you're just like this season. He's not going to do that again. He's this is starting strong. OK. And in the middle, you're like, OK, well, I think he's dealing Wait, how many episodes I are mean, left? Like two. I mean, a lot of stuff he still has. He's done this since Glee. Everyone should not be surprised. No, I mean you because he's really he's a strong opener. His opening is heroic. Exactly. His opening. But opening, he's done he this since close. Glee. But he can't close to save his Glee life. opens anyway. with lots of fanfare, and it went out like a wet fart in church. Uh, what a wet fart in church! Yeah, I've heard that expression. It just it just it went over like a wet fart in church, very poorly at the end. Listen, mm-hmm. the petition's not going to work. No, because you got to make sure that the actors are wanting to sign up on this. You're going to have to find another writer. Yeah. There is no source Could material this because be George, George R. 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 Martin's fart. Could this fart? Be, yeah, fart, not fart. Could this be his fault since he never finished? No, the it's part, partially it's his fault because he, he didn't finish the book, so they didn't really have source material. They had it. nothing. But to he work said. Off of. He says that they knew what the ending is, and they had. Why am I holding a pen? They, he says he knew what the ending was, and they have the base. There was go. He doesn't think that their ending was going to be any worse than his ending. There's some people that are going to prefer his ending, and some people are going to prefer their I ending. That. He, they probably do have the outline that he has in mind, but no, they do have the, the outline. The problem is with the show ending, they don't have the time to flesh out all the details to show Daenerys going time. as crazy as she could be going. They had this they time had to speed it that- up. HBO has the money. This is one of their most popular shows. They could go another two seasons. If the if the actors don't want to do it, get them to. You have money. You have HBO money. They could have did two more seasons and fleshed this out. Hell, even if they didn't do two more seasons, they could have did 10 episodes. And like the thing that annoys me is two episodes for that, the one the episode where it's the long night, people were complaining that it was too damn dark to see which I did. And they actually came back at us and said, you know what? No, we did a great, every, the, the level of production was amazing. That. And like, is it, is the scene too dark or is your screen too low? Is that basically, yeah, basically I hear that. it's uh, like typically when everyone's out. talking about a TV show being too dark, it's too dark. Yeah. Cause it was, a, it was a night. I mean, I get that it was supposed to be dark because it was a nighttime fight, but I can't fucking see anything. Yeah, that no, doesn't help me. No, no. And, when things are nighttime, they still have to be clear and visible to the user and the, the viewer. They can't just uh, be dark for everything. It doesn't actually work that way. Not at all. And then the next episode, they have a fucking Starbucks cup in a scene. They did. They have it. They were just saying how great they, how much time they put in production, and then they have a Starbucks cup in a scene. To be fair, now like it could be Starbucks. Not helping. You're not helping. <laughs> You're like doing the opposite of helping. The point is, they it looks really, really bad that they're like they're rushing it because we waited two fucking years for this. Normally we waited one. We waited it's, two years for this. It's like they gave us. Writers. They're just trying to wrap. They just want to go home. No, you don't get to do that. You get to you finish the story the right way. You 
You owe it to your fans. You're right. You're right. That's well, not gonna we we made them so much dumb money. They've you owe only, it to your fans the right they've way. only got one more episode, so maybe they'll do something good with it. I don't know. No, they won't. They won't. There's there's very short of Tyrion sitting on the throne, and like a, like somehow another dragon is born. Then like no, they maybe, can't do anything. Maybe Brienne can sit on the throne. They'll just get a wheelchair wrap and they'll roll him up. You know nothing about this show, and you. Just I know he's in a wheelchair. I hate you. And there are stairs. Although I think I thought I heard the the throne is destroyed anyway, so there is no throne. I hate you. I'm just saying. I I know things. I'm like Layla Miller. I know things about things. You quoted one of my favorite characters. Yeah. I mean that you're stupid. I mean, maybe. I did win my bet against our. Our, our friend D, who told me that, you know, Captain Marvel was going to be in a lot more of Endgame. And I told her, no, 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 she won't. And she's like, no, she's going to have to be. And I'm like, no, she's too powerful. They're not going to put her in very much. She's too new. This is going to be the Avengers story. She had to come back and tell me I was right. And she bought me a little Thanos keychain. That's great. Completely forgot. That's kind of, that's kind of valid. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sorry about your Game of Thrones ending and crap. On happier news, Boss Logic, who does fancy pictures on the internet, uh, did a picture of Zac Efron as Adam Warlock, which may not be happy to a lot of people because a lot of people don't seem to like Zac Efron. I like him just fine. Which, I think he's perfectly fine. Which, why? Why not? I, why, know, I, why I hate think Zac. he's pretty funny. Like, yeah, he's a Close, good guy. You should, you should close the YouTube little boxy thingy because like, it's been October 18th for like forever. Oh, I mean, I, we're not focused on that window, so I don't think anyone can see it. Oh, we're focused okay. well, on the window that's just the two of us, so the YouTube thing is actually gone. Oh, uh, ignore that, fans. Ignore Don't that. worry. It's just the magic of TV. But, um, yeah, so they did a picture of Zach Efron that looks like Warlock. He posted it to Twitter. The Twitter handle is BossLogic at Twitter. Um, he does lots of fancy, uh, what's the word? I don't know. Uh, Photoshops? I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. He did one of Captain America fighting uh, the character that Chris Evans played in Scott Pilgrim, or Captain America fighting Chris Evans as the Human Torch. He did some pictures like that to reflect oh, okay. the Captain America versus Captain America scene in Endgame. Um, he does lots of fancy pictures. Really nice, really fun, and I think he sells some of them too. So you can follow him here and there and on Instagram and things like that. Um but yeah, boss logic. So, fancy picture of Adam Warlock as James Gunn. Maybe Zach Efron will get uh, hired. It's it's bounced around. Zach Efron being a part of the Marvel universe. So, at some point, how do you think about uh, Warlock's not a bad one? I think Richard Rider would be better. I feel like Nova. No, Adam Warlock is coming. We almost oh, no, he's definitely certain. coming. But like I'm saying, how do you feel about Zach Efron being Adam Warlock? I think it's fine, but I think it's a bit of a waste for him. I think, Nova, that I think Nova would be better. Shows off his kind of comedic talents a little bit more. Whereas Warlock, you kind of probably play Warlock very straight. Like, you know, Warlock always kind of yeah. reminds me of the Vision. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I was just about to say that. He's not very, like, I don't know, he's not very emotional. Like, most he ever shows is, like, anger. Yeah. He's not a bad character. Just doesn't really go very far. Um, so, yeah, I kind of think he'd be better as probably what's-his-face. Uh, Richard Ryder? Yeah, Richard Ryder. Training a new, younger Nova. Probably better off. 
So, we had another comic book story, and this one came out today, and it was kind of shocking to read at first glance. But, um, oops, I'm hitting buttons, sorry, wrong keyboard, I got like five keyboards in front of me, I wanted to type something. But Marvel is canceling all the X-Books next year. Yay! I mean, I guess you could say yeah, but I mean, it, was, I mean, it, it sounds yay, actually, but still shocking. <laughs> Give give the fans all the information and first, actually, and then sorry. you can. They're not canceling them next year. They're canceling them this July. So let yes, me, let me clarify that. They're canceling them in like two months. Um, give the fans all the information, okay. and then you can see my. Jonathan Hickman is taking over the X Men franchise with July's House of X and Powers of X issue one, that says the entire line of X Men books will be canceled to coincide with the launch of two biweekly books. So, X Men books will be coming out one every week a month. Um, we wanted to sell the idea that we're going to be doing this for the next few years. Um, and we wanted to return the X-Men to their rightful prominent position in the Marvel Universe. So if you want to read X-Men books during the run from late July through September, House of X and Powers of X are the only new X books available. And everything that's going to follow is based on them. We wanted to be clear to the fans, to the stores, and just importantly to the creators who are going to be staffing these books. This is a whole new area for the X-Men. And what we're doing is how it's going to start. Uh, House of X and Powers of X to be read of Powers of Ten like the normal Roman numeral will run six issues each over three months uh, following that Hickman says Marvel plans to relaunch the X-Men line with some traditional titles and some new ideas including a core flagship X title which Hickman will write uh, at the conclusion of our 12 weeks we'll be launching an entire new universe of X books some with traditional fare some will carry on ideas presented in House of X and Powers of X some are new concepts that I'll be personally writing the ongoing flagship book um, so yeah, they're going to be doing some interesting, funky things with the X-Men. Uh, don't know what, but they're going to be changing the books. Right now they're currently doing the Age of X-Men storyline, where pretty much most of the mutants in the Marvel Universe are in an alternate dimension, where people don't fuck, people don't uh, fall in love, and people no longer have children, because that causes problems, and they're all born as test tube babies. And no one remembers the past before that. And in this universe, Apocalypse is technically preaching free love and um, free expression of love. And is still a villain, but uh, is a villain in a different way. And also secretly half the X-Men are banging or wanting to bang um, because they're human beings and that's what they do. Blob and Psylocke are having a very intellectual relationship. Where basically they read poetry to each other and Psylocke crawls across the table to give Blob stirrings while he reads. Oh, give Blob what now? Uh, stirrings. Stirrings. Blob was reading her poetry that greatly affected Stirring? her and she kind of crawled towards the Blob on the table to see how that would affect him. Because he wished what? very much more to just be with her but they were choosing that they could not be together. Yeah, no, Blob and Psylocke. Yeah, Blob and Psylocke. You're going to make me read comic books? You're going to make me read this? I'm making I don't read comic books. Um, I don't want to read no, I don't Pride read and Colossus have some attraction to each other, possibly because they partially remember their past in the previous universe. Um, Colossus ends up quitting the X-Men in this universe after going after Kitty Pride, who works with Apocalypse, and accidentally reaching through her as she's phased and getting a strong memory that forces him to kiss her in front of a crowd of rampaging people who they're trying to quell in front of his other X-Men. 
Uh, Jean Grey is sleeping with Bishop. Um, Bishop gets caught, though, and ends up getting thrown into prison with other X-Men. Um, and Kurt Wagner and Megan from X-Men are Excalibur are also banging in secret. Uh, they're both actors in Kurt Wagner Nightcrawler's movie series since he's a big movie star in that universe. Um, yeah. So a lot of secret banging uh, by X-Men people and X-Men basically hiding the truth from everybody and keeping it under wraps because he doesn't want them to find out what they know, what what the world is really like because none of them want to go back and want to fight him. And this is the perfect utopia he's created for them so that nothing will ever go wrong for mutants. Yep. Okay, so there's a couple things. Yes. Uh, I I haven't read any of these. Yes. Mostly because when the announcement that Jonathan Hickman was taking over the series with the new powers of X and uh, House of X, uh-huh. I I immediately assumed like I don't then I don't care because Jonathan Hickman is my favorite comic book writer and if he's taking over the series, yeah. I don't care what happened before that. Well, this is this is just gonna end off to go to him. It so. Is. I can just get a summary of that and move on and start anew with Jonathan Hickman. Although the interesting things are, though, in the main universe, the 616 universe, there are far fewer mutants now. There is a mutant cure, which can end mutancy before children are born. And Cyclops is basically trying to keep it together while X-Men are dying around him, because a few have now died. Chamber was the latest one to die. And, um, you know, Cyclops has lost his eye, thanks to his own granddaughter, who shot him in the eye. With a gun. I'm aware of that. Uh-huh. And uh, Wolverine's basically ready to quit Cyclops' team because he's like, this is this is not going to fucking work out. Like, yeah. Nope. And Juggernaut joined the team. So the Juggernaut is on Cyclops' team now, too. And Cyclops doesn't remember Emma Frost. Yeah. Yeah. And Emma Frost is somehow apparently blocking her memory from everyone's mind currently. So no one remembers her. Nice. Yeah. So, again, the reason why I said this is because they are developing a story that's going to get immediately shushed when Jonathan Hickman comes in. So I wasn't really going to read that. You bringing up this stuff about the free love thing, it makes me think that there's a possibility that at Power of X or House of X is going to deal a lot with the resurgence of the X-Men population. Like, they're going to either forcibly do it right with the cure or, like, um, it's going to be like when the Phoenix showed up again during uh, X-Men versus... Yes. Uh, the re- Phoenix Saga. Avers yes, and the people ex- uh, mutants were reborn. Mm-hmm. People with mutant genes were being reactivated and stuff. I think that's good. That's how it's going to end off and start off again. The fact that Professor Xavier is now in a younger body, yes. and he's supposed to be a big part of this, like yes. he's just going on as X. I think, and also from what I was reading, and Jean Grey taking over the X Men, which she was running it, mm-hmm. how she made. Uh, X-Men almost like their own nation I think this is all tying to that the fact that Professor Xavier is is like he's done playing the first game and now he's moving to the second game Yeah, like he's like okay we've done the peace thing and that hasn't worked and Cyclops you got some results when you did it the the whole terrorist thing yeah. and Gene you did nice with the nation thing I think I'm gonna just you know what we're gonna do we're gonna tie it all together this was all a plan we show them everyone's stuff and now we're gonna tie it all together and we're gonna bring it into something because there's a lot of times when they go to the future, when they show the X-Men's like past, anytime they show it and it's a positive, the X-Men are their own nation. They're mm-hmm. like their own sovereign nation with their own like whole unit and stuff. And I think this is them trying to start towards that. 
Jonathan Hickam is known to make good stories and that are long and they tie into a bunch of other stuff. Like, if you ever read his fa- uh, Fantastic Four run, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And he's the one Secret Wars, which is like literally the last was the last large event that I really fucked with. Mm-hmm. And like that was and his whole Avengers run, that all of that, the Negro New Avengers, I loved all of it. So mm-hmm. Jonathan Hickman is taking over X-Men and he says he's bold, he's making bold new changes, so he's moving into a new thing. I am totally okay with him canceling it because that's what I've been saying for a while now. There's too many books. We need to consolidate the books and keep the storylines more focused on that, one. So we'll see what happens. Then. One or two authors, one or two art, one or two writers, mm-hmm. so that way we can have a more focused storyline. If you have five different people writing X Men and they have a general idea of where they're supposed to be, you're still gonna get five different feels, five different feelings, and it's it doesn't work. I think that's the reason why I like image books so goddamn much because it's the same. It's usually the same writer writing the same story for the entire line. Yep. It helps make the story develop smoother. So if you have Jonathan Hickman writing these comics and he's canceling all the other ones, we're just going to get his vision throughout the entire time. And then he's going to be writing the flagship one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. This is good. This is the stuff they need to do. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, he's proven himself, so I don't think it's a bad idea. It's just going to be very, very different. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I have um, faith. Oh, no, I have. I have faith. So continuing on Marvel Comics, Marvel Comics is announcing their 80th anniversary. Because they've been around 80 years, so that's a long time. Yeah, a long time. That's going to be August 2019. They're going to release Marvel Comics 1000, which is going to be including 80 stories from 80 different creative teams. So, big fuck ton booked. Big books. You're going to have to buy three, one to read, two yeah. to save. So the Marvel decided to, on the creators from the comic came down to paying close attention to which stars and other forms of entertainment share their love for Marvel, with names including Taboo from the Black Eyed Bees, Filmmakers, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, and more. So basically, lots of anyone, along with celebrity contributors, celebrity contributors are also names from Marvel's story past. George Perez, Kelly Sue DeConnick, Kurt Bushick, Walter Simonson, and more. And all this is being headed up by Immortal Hulk writer Al Ewing. His credit is his helping to conceive the massive project after he gained some experience working on an intricate comic in the Choose Your Own Adventure title, You Are Deadpool. So, yeah. All right. Marvel Comics 1000 coming out August for Marvel Comics. I'm going to buy an issue and I'm going to see how many people who actually contributed to the book I can get to actually sign the book. Ooh. If I can take the book and I can just literally, anytime I go to a comic convention or go to like whatever, a fair or whatever, if that person is there, I'm going to see if I can get them to sign it. And then some celebrities too, but yes, it's not a bad idea. If I just keep it like with me, I'm not gonna do it for like you know like fancy like to keep it pristine and stuff. It's gonna be a little war and terror, but it's gonna have everyone's freaking signature if I can do it right. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. So I think that brings us to our final story, which is a TV story actually, and it's not really comic related at all, but it did raise some controversy this week. Um, you may be a fan of this show, you may not, but fresh off the boat a show about a 90s Asian family living in Florida. Yeah. Quite popular. It's been on for about four seasons, I think. And it's been renewed for... Oh, no, it's been on for five seasons, and it's been renewed for a sixth season. Everyone's very happy. Asian family on TV. Six years. 
prime time, ABC, minorities getting the fair shake. Except for Constance Wu, who plays uh, the mother on the show and is probably the most famous um, from the show at this point. She's not happy. She apparently did not take the renewal news happily. Uh, So yeah, the kerfuffle started when Wu apparently wrote the word dislike in comments on the show's Instagram announcing the renewal. She also sent out a series of tweets around the same time, most of which cannot be printed in the family newspaper. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, there was some... uh, there was, some, there was some language used. Uh, but one read in part, so upset right now, I'm literally crying. Ugh. When one fan tweeted, congratulations on your renewal, great news, she bluntly responded, no, it's not. And it's sweet that has since been taken down. Um, I should almost try to find these tweets. Uh, because part of me feels like I shouldn't try to find them. But then part of me, because it's like just stirring the pot, but uh, other parts of me are just like... Uh, <laughs> Funny enough, that's my favorite, that's my daughter's favorite thing right now. She has a YouTube video, and it's like, Scary Witch. And that's what the Scary Witch does. <laughs> but yeah. It's something from a um, But yes, uh, let's see. Within one hour, she posted a second tweet. Uh, so the first tweet was, so upset right now, I'm literally crying. Ugh, fuck. Within the first hour, second hour, she posted another tweet, fucking hell. She then fired back at a fan who congratulated her, saying it wasn't great news. Uh, Seth MacFarlane tweeted on Saturday after the news broke that his show was going to be renewed for a third season. Oh, fuck. Goddamn hell. Fuck. Damn shit. Uh, when iZombie was announced for renewal, Raleigh Cah- Raul Cahuili- Cooley, uh, I'm sorry, I butchered your name, he tweeted, fucking hell. Sam Lerner of the Goldbergs also joined that conversation, writing, oh, God damn it. Fuck hell. So upset right now. So clearly celebrities are, uh, in the English phrase, taking the piss at Constance Wu. Um, because everyone who's getting renewed is going, fuck hell, fuck hell, we have a trailer, I'm literally crying, we also have a time slot, Thursday nights, oh, fuck hell, that's a show called Sunnyside, um, but yeah, needless to say, Constance Wu seemed to must have had something lined up and expected her show to be cancelled, so she was going to be going on to doing that, uh, and so she wasn't happy, because I guess now she can't do that. Someone else tweeted at her, just think about all the actors and crews today that didn't get renewed and are devastated. So maybe you shouldn't get upset that you guys got renewed. So sorry you're upset about being on television and making money. It's hard to hear someone complaining about it. Others pointed out that if the show had been canceled, many people would be out of a job. Um, actors live on planned schedules. Somebody, These are people who supported her. Actors live on planned schedules, and she had to say goodbye to plans she made because of an unexpected renewal. It's not ungrateful, it's just anger. Who are any of us to judge her career moves? This is the first time a woman has had to apologize for this. A little over an hour, she wrote something to kind of clarify the situation. This was not a rampage. Y'all are making a lot of assumptions about what I was saying. I know it's not about what it's about. No, it's not. What this is all about, stop assuming. She later added, today's tweets are on the heels of a rough day, and we're ill-timed with the news of the show. Please know I'm so grateful for Fresh Out the Boat Renewal. I love the cast and crew. I'm proud to be part of it. For all the fan support, thank you. Uh, nonetheless, negative comments kept rolling in. Comparisons to actress Katherine Heigl, who openly Ooh. criticized her show's Grey's Anatomy after becoming a prevalent scar, were so prevalent that Heigl's name became a trending topic on Twitter. On Saturday, she posted a lengthy essay to Twitter. This is Constance Wu, which appears to have made things worse. She explained that she was temporarily upset yesterday, not because I hate the show, because it's renewal meant I had to give up another project which I was passionate about. 
Are you not passionate about the show, Dawkins? She added that her tweets were about this unnamed project, not about the show, which she repeatedly characterized as fun and easy and pleasant. She made clear, though, as an actor, she seeks roles that are really hard and not easy or pleasant at all, which is how she described the unidentified project. Sometimes even my closest friend are baffled at how I could value artistic challenges, difficulties over success, happiness. But I do. I know it's weird. Later in the essay, she said that it's important to constantly challenge myself by doing what's unfamiliar and scary. But my words and ill-timing were insensitive to those who were struggling, especially insensitive to those, to the fact that I used to struggle too. I do regret that, and it wasn't nice. She added her in essay, It's meaningful when you make the choice to believe women, in reference to her ability to feel sad and be happy. But that choice of words drew a firestorm to some who say she inappropriately referenced Me Too. Believe women? You weren't sexually assaulted. You were given a multi-million dollar contract extension, tweeted Hollywood reporter, senior writer, Seth Abramovic. Another user please said, please don't bring women's issues and believe women into this. Yikes. Wu has not further addressed the controversy after this time. And publicist did not respond to a request or comment. So what's the lesson here? When someone's handing you a big pile of money, shut up and take it? Um, stay the fuck off of social media when you're having feelings. You that, don't need to overstep your hand. It's probably the best lesson, because I, yeah, go ahead. being compared to Catherine Heigl is no, uh, never it's not a thing. good thing. At this point, she's currently on, I believe, the show Suits, and Suits is a show that many people probably believe should have ended a few seasons ago, and it's on its last season now. It is. So she kind of joined it in maybe the last two seasons. And she's had a couple shows since getting over Grays that have not gone very well. They've all been canceled relatively fast. I don't want to say Catherine Heigl's box office poison, but at one point I feel like she may have been one of the highest paid actresses in Hollywood. And her own big mouth and bad mouthing of her roles ended that for her. Yeah. This feels like it's a little early in your game, Constance, to do that. Um... You okay, know. so I don't know. I'm I'm gonna do something mm-hmm. where I don't agree. Okay, so eighty percent of me believes that she should shut up and take the money. Yes, I I feel bad saying that to any person, especially like you know women shut up like yes. you, you get, shut up and take the money. You shouldn't. I she bad. She said it herself. She did a bad timing with the whole agreed releasing the post. This actually funny enough reminds me of something that happened to Idris Elba. Mm. Uh, I want to say when he was filming Thor Ragnarok, yes. he was complaining about the role. Yeah. Uh, doing it again. Because at the time, he had just gotten off of playing Nelson Mandela. He did. And he, and he was saying that he was, at one time, people were calling him Mandela. He felt super connected to the role. He was very passionate about it. He It was a big deal for him. And then he was on this other thing where he's like working on weird hours and he's got these contacts in his eyes he's hang, being hung from like this little suspense yeah. and he's like I feel stupid in this I really wish I couldn't do this mm. and we were on him because he was bad mouthing his role he was passionate about the project he was just on and he was wanted to and he just he let it out on social media where he shouldn't have Yeah, I understand that's the to me that was the biggest thing I'm not upset that Constance Wu did this this really doesn't bother me that much at all Agreed. I, it's, it's kind of because she put it on social media, it made it look bad to other people, and because people are are getting their shows canceled left and right, yeah. and she should be blessed that she, she should be thankful and thank thankful that her show is being renewed. 
But like, I get it because she did just do. She, um, all right, all right. I'm about to be fucked up. Yeah. She did Crazy Rich Asians. That she, that was her in Crazy Rich Asians, yes. right? That she mom, was. She was uh, the lead female role in Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. She was the mom. No, that was Michelle Yeoh. Oh shit! No, sorry, my bad. It's okay. <laughs> Asians don't crack. Yeah. They look damn. the same forever. Yeah. Constance will probably look like this when she's Michelle Yeoh's age. There's actually a joke about that in the uh, fucking Fresh Off the Boat where they she they show her like oh, no. not aging. Yes, they show and, her like, old, and she looks old, exactly no. the same. I know. Yeah, yeah, that's the case. It's but true. anyway, she, she just finished came off of uh, Crazy Rich Asians. That was a big deal for the, the Asian community. The biggest Asian movie ever. Yeah, I know. So she probably had a project similar to. I'm well. I'm assuming a lot of she shit. probably had but something she, big lined up from that. Yeah, and contracts are a bitch, and she probably said like, if they ever gets renewed, she has to keep it tight. The only solution I could think of is maybe they replace her and they they do like a Harriet situation where they like swap her out so she can do her thing. But, but you know, that's the thing. It feels like, like you said, stay the fuck off social. If this is something you want to do, go to your producers, go to your show, go to your writers, see if there's something that they can do to write you off for a little while to give you the time to do this project, so you can still be in the season, and you can come back, or. Not impossible, but sometimes they delay a season. You know, they they shoot it a little earlier, they shoot it a little later. There are things mm-hmm. that probably could be done. Uh, I feel for her if she had a big project, but the reaction, yeah, stay the fuck off of social. Don't you know? Stay don't shit where you eat. Like, you know, it doesn't. It didn't look good. It was a bad. It was a bad choice, and all it does is. You know, it's 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 one of those things they 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 teach you growing up when you're uh, considered a minority. You can't pull the same things that other people can pull. Sometimes you don't wanna, you don't always have the same luck. Mm-hmm. Another Jamaican saying: "Puss and dog don't have same luck." Yeah, Woo, you bring it back, family, with that. Exactly. There. So you, you know, you can't just uh, go out there and be like, "Well, this is fucked up. I don't like this." There are people out there who will just cut you loose and they'll do their best to wreck you. Again, Catherine Heigl. It's like it or not, she's a lesson. Uh, she went out there, she badmouthed her role on Grace when she was nominated for a damn Oscar. Um, that was ridiculous. Then she was in a massive indie film that made a ton of money and knocked up and badmouthed that afterwards. After working with Judd Apatow, who has gone on to greater success. And Seth Rogen, who has gone on to greater success as a producer and actor and writer. Catherine Heigl, you know, what was her last movie? Let's let's uh, let's just look. Mother? Huh? Mother? Mother? Is that a movie? Yeah, Mother. I think it was a horror movie. Oh, no, that wasn't Catherine Heigl. That was Tony Collette. You sure Catherine Heigl wasn't also in it? Oh, okay. No, I'm, not, I'm thinking of Hereditary with... Uh, with uh, Tony Collette, but let's see her last movie. Right now, she's filming a movie called "I Saw a Man with Yellow Eyes." So that sounds sounds like a great title. Uh, she's doing a TV series pilot called "Our House," uh, but it's a pilot. A couple tries to raise their kids with the influence of their crazy in-laws and siblings. Okay, so sounds like average sitcom. And let's see. She has Suits, which she's done from 2018 to 2019, which was 16 episodes. She did The Nut Job, too. Nutty by Nature. She was the voice of Andy. 
Oh my god. She was in a TV show, Doubt, for 13 episodes. So at least that's something, because I heard Doubt. Doubt was pretty popular. But couldn't have told you she was in that. A movie called Unforgettable in 2017. Uh, a woman sets out to make life a living hell for her ex-husband's new fiancé. That's the one that has Rosario Dawson. I kind of remember that one. I don't remember it doing very well, but I do remember that one. Um, she was like a crazy stalker. And Jenny's Wedding in 2015. And then State of Affairs. She was in that for 13 episodes. So she gets like a season out of a TV show. She gets a small movie. She gets a season out of a TV show. She gets a small movie. And she gets a couple small movies that no one's heard of. Probably for some of these. Yeah. And looking at it again, yeah, she's done almost one to two movies a year. But all pretty forgettable. All pretty small. Nothing from the time, like in the early 2000s, when she was doing Knocked Up, 27 Dresses, The Ugly Truth, Grey's Anatomy, Killers, Life As We Know It. Like, up to 2010, those were big theater releases under her name. No joke, After 27 Dresses, my rom-com phase. Yeah. And she had 120 episodes of Grey's Anatomy under her belt. But she's the only person from Grey's Anatomy who has not been invited back since leaving. Who's actually alive. It's almost worse. Because 90% of those characters get killed off in Grey's Anatomy. She didn't get killed off. They just said, go on. Let your character live her life. Never come back to Seattle Grace. <laughs> that seems worse to me. You know. Even George can come back as a ghost. Probably before she comes back. I don't know. I don't know. That was just such a weird fucking death anyways. Anyway. Alright. Um... Yeah, so don't be a heigl. Don't. Wow, is that going to be a thing? Don't be a heigl. I mean, I think when you're a celebrity behaving badly, don't be a heigl is just the right thing to say. It's it's not a good idea. It doesn't, you know, you you don't want someone like Shonda Rhimes hating you for the rest of your life because they have a lot of power. Yeah, and Shonda Rhimes has a lot of power now, and she can never act in a Shonda Rhimes show. Ever again, probably. And Shonda Rhimes now makes shows for Netflix. So that's it's a big deal. I don't think her first show has even come out for Netflix yet. So that's that's going to be a bomb when that happens anyways. Like, just going off for Netflix. Blowing Didn't Shonda Rhimes get, like get on that like ABC TV thing too? Uh, I mean, she's written a couple shows that probably ABC owns now, but... I th- no, I mean, no, Apple's a- no, Apple TV, sorry. Oh, maybe. She may be doing something with them, but yeah. Right now, it only shows the last thing she's done are Scan- Station 19, which is a Grey's Anatomy spinoff. Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, Private Practice. How to Get Away with Murder. Uh, I don't see her for that. Oh, it says writer. Okay, so I guess she wasn't writer on that, so she's probably producer on How to Get Away with Murder. Yeah. And for the people, How to Get Away with Murder. She was producer on those. She didn't write those. But they don't say what she's doing for Netflix yet. And I assume she's doing something for Netflix. Mm-hmm. That just has not been announced. And Netflix ain't putting it up on IMDb till it is uh, there. But yeah, she's at Netflix. So we'll see. Um, sorry, Constance. Uh, do better. Be better. I like you. You're really funny. But you fucked up. You done fucked up. You go. You goofed. You pulled a heigl. You pulled a heigl. Mm-hmm. Don't pull a heigl. Don't pull a heigl. 
It's a painful muscle to pull. You can't unpull it. And I think that about wraps us up. I think that's uh, where we end for uh, another episode of the Review Zoo. Episode yep. 32, Pika Pika, fuck up your career. Wait, one last thing. Oh, what's what's the last thing? Since we're talking about video since Pika Pika is a Pokemon, Pokemon video games, mm-hmm. uh, close enough. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. Yeah. Did, that trailer. I didn't get to watch it. You didn't get to watch it? I didn't it? get to watch it. And I, I want to say I didn't get to watch it just because I played Final Fantasy VII, uh, God knows, 20 years ago. And while I enjoyed it, and it is a fantastic game, I do believe it has been pushed to heights that are not realistic anymore. I believe the story is a little overrated. People hold it to a slightly higher regard than I think is actually realistic as now an older person. But I will play this game. I'm excited for it. I feel as though your comments Mm -hmm. are (laughs) controversial. I mean, I could have further comments on The Dark Knight Rises if you wish for more controversy. Uh, what can you say about The Dark Knight Rises? It is the worst movie ever in the Bat franchise. And it shows that Christopher Nolan should never try to make a superhero movie. Because the one time he tried to actually make a superhero movie, he fucked up. Whereas The Dark Knight and Batman Begins, I consider not superhero movies. They are crime movies that happen to star a gentleman named Batman, but they are not actually about Batman, the superhero. They're about Batman, the man named Batman. So you're saying The Dark Knight Rises is the worst Batman movie, period? Yes. And that isn't including Batnipples, George Clooney, Batman? Yes. Because that at least reflects a time period of Batman where Batman was ridiculous and it is still Batman the superhero. The Dark Knight Rises is Christopher Nolan trying to make a superhero movie and failing utterly by having a character who cannot fight like a superhero, who cannot act like a superhero, who has villains who are just idiotic and stupid, and just none of it makes sense. You you start the movie with a Bruce Wayne who literally hasn't been Batman in years, and Gotham supposedly has cleaned up its act. And instead of being Bruce Wayne, like billionaire philanthropist who wants to turn Gotham into a better city. He basically turns into like Howard Hughes, fucking recluse, catching his piss in a bottle in a jar and letting his fingernails grow long and barely able to walk around his own house because he's like, I don't know, old now? No, that's not Batman. Batman would never let himself degrade that far knowing that there's a chance Gotham would need him again. That's not superhero Batman. That is guy who happens to be named Batman who just decided I'm going to sit at home now. I'm going to watch TV and let Alfred serve me food. I'm going to sit in my bat robe until I don't know, someone tries to steal my mom's pearls. And then I'm going to get pissed off and put on a a super uh, ankle brace so I can walk again. Also, it lets me kick through walls, but I'm never going to use that ability at any point in time, even if it could be useful. Like in a fight with a guy who's giant in a dark sewer, I'm going to growl and grunt at him and throw terrible terrible punches and then get my back broken and thrown into the water and then a magic man in the middle east is going to punch me in the back and hoist me up on a rope and that's going to fix my paralysis that's 
these are the things that happened. And then the villain, Bane, is going to take over Gotham City for six months and leave all the police officers in Gotham underground for six months, trapped, who are all going to burst out of the ground, clean-shaven, not malnutritioned, and run towards a gang of people holding guns and not be immediately gunned down and shot as they try to retake the city from the bad guys. And we're not going to blow up this nuclear bomb until Batman shows back up six months later, somehow sneaking his way back into Gotham City from the Middle East with no money when it's literally a no-man's land and no one's going to ask questions about where the fuck did Bruce Wayne come from? So... And that's leaving off the one fight scene he has with Catwoman on a roof where literally guys fall down and Batman hasn't punched them, but they fall down like they've been hit. Watch the movie. You will see people I've, literally fall down. I've watched screen uh, cinema scenes and they've pointed out like there's like three different scenes like that. Yeah. Yeah. This is Christopher Nolan's attempt at an actual superhero movie. It's terrible. He should never touch it again. So you have a lot of feelings about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And they are valid. Yeah. I don't think... I agree with all of them, but I agree with most of them. And we're just going to move on from here. Yes. Final Fantasy is... VII. It's coming out eventually. It's Sony's Hail Mary that they convinced Square to let them announce. Because Sony, one year, had nothing to announce at E3. And Xbox announced a bunch of cool shit. And Sony was like, hey... We have this trailer. Can we release this trailer? Yeah, sure, but the game's not going to be ready for five years. No, no, no. We need to release this trailer because everyone's going to forget about Xbox, what they said, if we release this trailer right now. And that's what they did. They released the trailer, and everybody got excited and stupid and forgot that Sony had nothing to show off for the next couple years because Square wasn't even close to being done. And if I remember correctly, there was no release date for this trailer. I didn't hear anything about a release date, right? No, they were going to announce more stuff in June. Okay, so I'm sure in June, what they will announce is next year, Final Fantasy VII Episode One will come out because they've already announced it's going to be episodic. It's not going to be the full game. They're going to give it to you in chunks. You, uh, you, you drink some Haterade tonight? Sony is the devil. Uh, yeah, I see that. I see that energy. They lie. They overpromise and they lie. Yeah, I've been waiting. Look, as a person who's been waiting for Kingdom Hearts for twin plus years, yeah, I know that. I don't want to even get started on Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. Don't even want to get started on Kingdom Hearts. No. Yeah, let's wrap this That's up. Another one. No. 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 Hell no. 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 Fight. Fight it, Drew. Fight it. Fight it. No Kingdom Hearts. Swallow I'm it just down. Glad it's over. Sweat it, swallow it down. Don't have to hear about goddamn Kingdom Hearts anymore. Swallow it down. Damn fans. This has been the reviews. Episode thirty-two. Pika pika, fuck up your life. Fuck up your career. Pika pika. Pika pika. Don't be a heigl. Don't be a heigl. We'll see you all next week. Also, follow us at Rapture Press on Twitter and on Instagram. And by the end of the month, come visit us at rapturepress.com, where our new site will be up, and we'll have many other podcasts besides what me and Sam do. We have some new partners, we have some new ideas, we have a new presentation. Yep. It's going to be slick. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be cool. And, um, I don't know, I was going to say something else. This, this is going to be on YouTube, right? We're going to post this? On... As long as the video 
recorded correctly somewhere, yes. If not, it may not be on YouTube, but it might be on YouTube. <laughs> We're going to find out in a few minutes when this is all said and done and see what Facebook did. It may, it right. may be nowhere, except for in your ears, on a podcast, where it's been. That flavor in your ear. Yes. Also, we're probably going to move the show to Fridays. So I know we're recording this on a Wednesday, but this will probably go live on a Friday now since our new partners, uh, Mike and Mike, go to the movies and The Complete Works, which is a Nicolas Cage podcast all about every Nicolas Cage movie ever done. Uh, they're going to be releasing on Thursdays. So we're going to move our show to Fridays, give them the Thursday slot because we're gracious that way. And... Um, Totally gives us more prep time. That's mainly the main reason. It gives us a little more prep time. So, yeah. Makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. All right, guys. See you later. One.